This dynamic message is brought to you by Redemption in Jesus with Marco Bravo. So, this morning, what I'd like to share with you about, and the title is coming up now, our title, the title of our message is, Jesus, Our Unfailing Leader Through Life's Troubles. So think about that for a moment, because Jesus is our unfailing leader through life's troubles. If we yield to Him, if we let Him be there to us and for us, He certainly is and does that for us. Amen. And He's ready to take on the leadership role as we face hardships in life, as we face adversity, as we face trouble, as we face temptation. And I know, you know, we live in a fallen world. And no matter how we try and fake it until we make it, or as some believers say, faith it until we make it, whatever you choose. And I'm not saying that faithing is fake either. It's just different (laughs) synonyms that are out there. But we all go through some things. I am pretty certain that you are going through something, whether it's something minor, something major, in between. We all go through things in life. And God, because we live in a fallen world, But God has provided for us victory in Jesus. Amen. When Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. What he meant by that too is is that the victory for all that we will ever need is gained and attained and it was achieved. So we don't have to pray for victory, for example. We pray from a standpoint of victory. Amen. We don't declare because we're trying to get victory. We declare because we have victory. Amen. So our mindset needs to be one of victory. And so in the same way, when we face life's troubles, you know, one thing that the Lord Jesus paid for at the cross, one thing that he did in the new covenant and that he put in place as part of and package of the new covenant is is that he would be our leader, that he would lead us through trials and tribulations. He would lead us in the midst of hardship. And He will never fail us. Because He said, I will never leave you or forsake you. And He is faithful. When we are unfaithful, He remains faithful. Amen. And so we have so many wonderful promises that come from Him that lets us know that He is determined, that He has made Himself available to lead us through life's hardships. And today, I want to share with you an old covenant, an old testament, if you will, type and shadow, that I know will encourage you, that I know it will remind you about what you have in Jesus and who you are in Jesus, but more importantly, how He is there to lead and guide you through life's troubles without fail. And so it's a powerful new covenant truth and reality. And so to do that, we're going to look at King David before he became king, when he was anointed as king, and eventually until he actually stepped into that. But more than that, we're going to look at all, you know, the picture before he actually stepped into being king. And so David, as you know, was anointed as king by the prophet Samuel. God saw Saul, King Saul, who was the current king, he saw him to be unfaithful, not to be a king after God's heart. And so eventually, God decided, you know, after seeing how Saul was living and how he was sinning and how he was leading the people astray, he decided, I'm going to anoint a new king. And he, through the prophet Samuel, 
anointed David, who was a shepherd boy at the time. And so once Saul, who was the current king, as I said, found out what had happened, he began to be jealous and pursue David and try to kill him for a number of years. I mean, David was on the run for a long time. And so Saul pursued him, tried to kill him. David had opportunity to actually kill Saul himself at least twice, but he never did because he wouldn't touch God's anointed. And so we see this whole account. So this is kind of where we pick up the story here is where Saul is now pursuing David, trying to kill him so he wouldn't replace him as king, even though in God's mind and heart it had already happened because he already got Samuel to anoint him as king. And so this is where we pick it up, is when David is on the run from Saul. And so watch what happens in 1 Samuel chapter 22, verses 1 and 2, reading from the King James. Watch this. It says, David therefore departed thence, that's from Gath, if you want to know where, where thence is, it's Gath, the land of Gath, and escaped to the cave Adullam. And when his brethren and his father's house heard it, they went down thither to him. And everyone that was in distress, watch this. This is, we're reading all this to read this. Watch the parts that I've emboldened specifically, okay? And everyone that was in distress, and everyone that was in debt, and everyone that was discontented, is that discontented? I'm sorry. Gathered themselves unto him, and he became, watch this, a captain over them, and there were with him about 400 men. That's besides the women and children. So this was a big, big crowd for one person. But now, here's the thing as we've read it. <laughs> it says that of those 400 men, the majority of them, if not all of them, because if you read this as it is, it sounds like they were all in this situation. It says that some were in distress, some were in debt, and some were discontented. And I'm sure there was a mixture of all three or two or whatever as well among them. So can you imagine, <clears throat> put yourself in David's position. Here you are being chased by the king of the land, and he wants to kill you. So not only do you have to take care of yourself, and are you actually going through issues yourself? Because now you're dealing with why? Why does he want to kill me? God, where are you? You anointed me as king, but now the opposite has happened. I'm being chased and I'm being hunted and someone wants to kill me. And he's got a whole army in the whole land after me as well. And then on top of that, you send me 400 plus families to me and they're all either in distress or in debt or discontented and a combination of all of it. So can you imagine just the kind of weight that that would put on a person? And yet it says that David became a captain over them. Interesting, isn't it? How would you handle a situation like that? But you see, there's a message here for us as New Covenant believers that God has put in there. Now this happened, but God <laughs> put it in Scripture to encourage us, to let us know how He operates and where His heart is at. And remember, this is a type and shadow for us as New Covenant believers as well. Because much of the Old Covenant is filled with types and shadows, as we know. And so, let's talk about those things for a moment and just define some of those things so we can, we can understand what it is that we're looking at here. So, 
To be in distress means to be in extreme anxiety, sorrow, or pain. In other words, it's someone who's facing hard times in life. Now, would you recruit someone in that situation as first prize, as an army, to go and try and defend yourself against the king and the land and the armies of, you know, the king? I mean, probably not, isn't it? And so yet this is who's drawn to David and this is who comes to him. And then to be in debt literally just basically means to be in lack. That's why you're paying debts because you've been in lack. Now you're paying even more debt, so you are in greater lack. You're unable to meet your financial obligations. And so now you are dealing with the pressure that comes with that and the stress. And many of us are familiar with that. Isn't that so? You know, we have, <laughs> I've heard some people say, I'm in debt up to my eyeballs. And, and you know that what they mean by that is, is that they have so much debt, they don't know what to do. They just, they're borrowing from this credit card to pay this credit card and so forth. So not only do we have people here, men, families, who are dealing with anxiety, extreme anxiety, with sorrow, with pain. They've been hurt. They've been wounded. Things have happened to them. But there's also among them people who are so badly in debt, they lack so much that they literally are just surviving moment by moment, day by day. And these are the people that are drawn to him. And then to be discontented means to be dissatisfied. In actual fact, if you look at the original, it says that it means bitterness. So these are people that are so dissatisfied with life in general, so dissatisfied with how things have turned out for them, that they actually are bitter and resentful towards life, towards people, towards situations. So now, when you put all of that together, you wonder, was this God's leading? Did God send these people? Why is it that these people were drawn to Him? And you know, people that are legalistic, people that are self-righteous, people that are quick to judge, guess what they're going to say? Well, you see, it's because David is like that. That's why he draws those people to himself. You know, how does it go? There's a, there's a, there's a, a saying in Afrikaans, uh, and, I, and it's pointless me saying it, but I, have, I need to try and translate it so we understand. You know, uh, how does it go? Swart suk swart? Yeah, that's the Afrikaans version. So, kind seeks kind, I guess is the best way I can translate it. But yeah, birds of a feather flock together. That would probably be the best English, uh, you know, um, idiom that we have that will say that. And so, I have to tell you that it is partly true. Because David was also, he knew about distress. He had been in distress and he was in distress right there. David understood and knew what it means to lack, to not have enough. David understood what it means to be discontented because he was dissatisfied, he was bitter, he was resentful to some degree with what was happening to him without cause, without asking for it. And so, yeah, you could say that, but God had a bigger plan. God had something greater than that for him. And I'm going to show you that today and I'm going to show you how it connects to your life and to your situation and what God is actually saying to you through this account over here. And so what happens is, is that David became captain. Remember it said that? Became captain over them. So imagine, here you have 
these people, and for the lack of a better word, they are literally living miserable lives to a great degree. Now they come to him. Now he's got to think about how to take care of them, how to provide for them, but also how to provide leadership for them. Because when you look at this word, he became captain over them. The original actually says, and this is what it means, it's when someone turns to someone to look up to them and to look to them for guidance, for direction, for wisdom, for leadership. And so they came and they said, give us leadership because these are all the things that we're dealing with in life and we think you can help us. So help us. And so, I mean, in the natural, this just blows one's mind. You know, most people would probably think David had no obligation. He should have just walked away from them all. He should have just snuck out in the middle of the night when they were all sleeping, groaning and moaning. And he should have just fled with one or two of his best warriors that he knew he could, he could count on. But yet, David agreed and consented to the fact that, yes, I will be captain over you. In other words, I will be your leader because that's what it means to be captain over someone. It means to be their leader. In other words, yes, you can look up to me for leadership. You can look to me for answers and because I can get you out of the stress, out of lack and out of discontentment. That's in essence what it means to become captain over someone. Because if people in that situation come to you, it's because they want to get out of those situations and they feel or they somehow they have this conviction that they know that you can help them get out of it. And that's why they turn to him for their leadership. And apparently David was more than aware of that and he was more than willing to actually step up to that role. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty powerful. I mean, just naturally speaking, it makes no sense to the mind, to the natural mind. But in the spirit and in God's mind, this makes absolute sense. And as you know, long story short, he had a very powerful, successful army. In actual fact, when raiders came at one time and took away all their women, their goods and everything while they were out battling and doing something else, they went back and chased after them and defeated, I don't know how many kings and took, I mean, he ended up with a powerful army out of these people. So the truth is, is that he did provide leadership. He did get them out of those situations and they were victorious and their lives were turned around. This is the type and shadow for us of what we have in Jesus. Amen. Just hang in there. Keep listening. And so why is it that they had confidence that they could go to David? For one, they believed God. Even though they were in distress, even though they were in lack, even though they were discontented, they still had faith in God. They still trusted and believed in God. And so they knew, first and foremost, God anointed him as king. So if we side with him now, when he is eventually, when he steps up to be actual king, physically and naturally, we're on a good side. They knew that. But more than that, they knew and had a conviction that David was a man who had a heart for God. They knew that he was a man who knew how to overcome and rise above discontentment. He knew how to rise above lack. He knew how to rise above distress. And I'm going to show you that today because he was all too familiar with all of that, but he also knew how to overcome it and conquer it. This is why they turned to him.
So let's take a little detour and let me show you just how familiar David was with those three specific situations. First of all, let's look at distress. Was he familiar with distress? Watch this, Psalm 22, verse 1 and 2 from the New Living Translation. He says, this is David writing, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? And you know, Jesus said those words on the cross. So this is written prophetically. But when David wrote it, he didn't quite realize that he was writing this prophetically as Jesus. But this is what he was going through himself. So yes, there is a prophetic application, but it's because David himself was actually going through this at this time. So he says, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Or why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from me, far away when I groan for help? Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. Every night I lift my voice, but I find no relief. Does that sound like someone in distress? <laughs> it sure does. So David was familiar with distress. And then what about lack? And you saw Pastor Helena read this earlier, Psalm 23 verse 1. He wrote this proclaiming his trust in God because he was believing that it would happen. Psalm 23 verse 1, watch what he said. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. And then he says, I have all that I need. Now, if you look at this in context and you study it and you see everything else around it, he wrote this when he had some need. He wrote that when he was going through some lack. And so, but he knew that God would always provide for him. And he went through lack. I mean, imagine being chased by the king and his armies. You didn't always have stuff to eat. This is why at one time when they stumbled, you know, onto a priest as they were walking with his men, and the priest had just exchanged the showbread from the holy place, um, and he was carrying it out, David said, well, we, ha we don't have anything to eat, not putting it in my own words, give us that bread to eat. And the priest kind of had a little exchange with them and gave it to them, and they ate that. They knew, David knew what it meant to be in lack. That's why he would say, God ultimately will provide for me. So he was very familiar with lack. And then we're going to read a few verses of the psalm, and it may be a bit long, but it's to show us just how well and how familiar David was with discontentment. Now remember, to be discontented means to be dissatisfied, to be bitter, to be resentful. Well, just watch all this now as David expresses it in Psalm 77, verses 1 to 10. Again, from the New Living. Watch what he says. He says, I cry out to God. Yes, I shout. Oh, that God would listen to me. <laughs> when I was in deep trouble, I searched for the Lord. All night long I prayed with hands lifted towards heaven. But my soul was not comforted. I think of God. And I moan, overwhelmed with longing for his help. Wow. So you can see his, there's bitterness there, bitterness there, there's resentment there, and you can see this contentment. Then he goes on and he says in verse 4, he says, watch this. He says, you don't let me sleep. I'm too distressed even to pray. I think of the good old days long since ended. When my nights were filled with joyful songs, I searched my soul and pondered the difference now. 
Has the Lord rejected me forever? Will He never again be kind to me? Is His unfailing love gone forever? Have His promises permanently failed? You see, that's what this contentment looks like. He knew well what it meant to be discontented. Then it says in verse 9 and 10, Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has He slammed the door on His compassion? And I said, This is my fate. The Most High has turned His hand against me. I mean, come on. No matter how you read this, what translation you look at it from, He's making the very same points. So you can see from those three different portions, David was well familiar with discontentment. He was well familiar with lack. He was well familiar with the being in distress. Amen. And so that's why these people were drawn to him. Not because they were looking for someone that was like them. It wasn't that they wanted more of the same. It wasn't that like, okay, he's going to be king, but he's miserable like we are, so we can have a miserable king, so we can have a miserable kingdom and live miserably thereafter. That wasn't their thinking. Their thinking was, is yes, he's been anointed as king, but he's also familiar with what we are going through what we are facing. And so let's go to Him and make Him our captain. In other words, let's look to Him for leadership. Let's turn to Him, you know, to be the one who will lead us and guide us and give us the answers and help us step into victory because He's well able, because He's been there, He's done that. He's familiar with that. It's powerful stuff. Amen. That's the reason why some 400 men turned to David and chose to follow His leadership. It was not because they wanted more of the same. It was not because they felt, you know, miserable company is going to feel good. It's good, you know, to see someone else who's miserable. No, that wasn't their thinking. And of course, they knew that David knew how to rise above distress, above lack, and about discontentment. Amen. We see that in actual fact in Psalm 34, verse 17 and 19. And they knew this about him. But watch what David says. He says, the Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. In other words, he rescues them from them all. That's what he's saying. So you can see in the midst of what he was going through, yes, he had his moment. Yes, he expressed distress and, you know, anger and uh, everything else. But ultimately, when it came down to it, he knew who to turn to for help. He knew how to get out of those situations. And so the people knew about this. These people at least knew this about him. That's why they went to him. Now, remember I said when we began that what we find in the Old Testament is all too often a type and shadow for what we have in the New Testament. So you may be saying, okay, I kind of see where you're going with this because Jesus is like that. But you know, the sad truth is that some believers don't think that Jesus can relate to them like David could relate to these people. All you have to remind yourself of is what Jesus went through at the cross, what he went through to be to get to the cross and be crucified on the cross. None of us have experienced that. He experienced it to the max. He experienced it 
beyond our understanding. So can He relate to us? He can more than relate to us, not just as God, but also as a human being. And this is why He's well able to help us. He's well able to provide leadership for us in the midst of trial, of tribulation, of distress, of lack, of discontentment. He's able to lead us through troubles in life and get us to the other side and enforce the victory that He's gained for us at the cross. Amen. Watches. <clears throat> Hebrews 4 verse 15 and 16 from the New Living Translation. Because David really in that situation, in that context, was a type and shadow of Jesus. So watch us now about Jesus. <clears throat> Hebrews 4 verse six, uh, 15 and 16. This high priest, this is talking about Jesus, okay? This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. One translation says our infirmities. Another translation says what we go through. For he faced, watch this, all of the same testings we do. He faced every single thing you and I face. Whether it's distress, discontentment, lack, anything else. He faced it all. Yet he did not sin. In other words, he didn't give in to any of it. And it wasn't because he sinned. So he did it for us. Then it says, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. One translation says, boldly to the throne of grace. Notice the throne of grace, not the throne of merit or performance. So we know we can come boldly and confidently knowing that we're going to get unmerited favor. God is not going to look at our merit, our religious performance, our human effort. He's simply going to be gracious to us when we need His help. Why? Because Jesus faced all we would ever face and then some. Then it says, <clears throat> there we will receive, not we may or perhaps or if we're good enough, but it says there we will receive. Why? Because it's on the basis of unmerited favor, grace. There we will receive mercy. In other words, you are not going to get what you deserve. You are going to get what you don't deserve, which is grace, right? There you will receive mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. In other words, outside of your merit, outside of your performance, God, because He's God and because He loves you and because He's gracious, <clears throat> He's going to give you unmerited favor that is going to help you not get what you deserve for your deeds, not get you to pay the price for the things you've done wrong, but rather He's going to give you what you don't deserve, which is unmerited favor. Amen. And He will help you with more unmerited favor. So right there we see that we can turn to Jesus as our leader, as our captain, when we go, and I mean in general life, in, in life in general overall, but specifically when we're going through things, turn to Jesus and see Him as your captain. The way the people who were in distress, who were in these terrible states and situations, they turned to David because they knew that's where the answer was. That's where the victory was. You and I are encouraged to turn to Jesus because not only can He relate to us 110% exactly more, but also He's able, well able to enforce the victory that He already gained for us. And all by His wonderful grace. Amen. God isn't looking at you. The Lord Jesus is not looking at you thinking, 
hmm, they're going through this terrible situation. I wonder what it's like. I've never been through that. I've never suffered that. No. He, he 100% went through everything we went through. 100 and more percent he went through it. He can absolutely and completely relate to you. Just like David could with those people. That's why you can turn to him and he will get you through it. Because he's been through it. He got the victory over it. And he can lead you into that victory when you trust and depend on him. When you look to him for leadership. Amen. That's exactly what we see here. So just like David was captain over those in distress, in lack and discontentment, Jesus is captain over those in distress, in lack and in discontent today. Amen. So if you're going through some things, I want you to know that you have a captain that you can turn to. You have a captain who knows exactly what you're going through and who's able to get you through it and out of it. That's Jesus. Amen. That's what we're seeing here. He will lead you into victory because He's already got the victory at the cross outside of your merit and performance. Religion will tell you, well, maybe, just maybe, you don't deserve to be pulled out of this. Or they'll tell you, maybe, just maybe, God is trying to teach you something through this. Maybe God is the one who's done this and is allowing this to happen to you. Don't believe with all due respect, don't believe that garbage and nonsense. That is not gospel truth. Gospel means good news. If it's not good news, it's not the gospel. Amen. That's legalism. That's mixing law and grace and trying to tell you and bring your merit and performance back into the picture to paint God as someone <clears throat> who's only graceful and merciful if you deserve it. Well, then how's that grace? How's that mercy if you have to deserve it or earn it? Isn't that so? But anyway, and so just like David was God's way out of distress, out of lack and out of discontentment for those who gathered to him, who came to him, Jesus is God's way out of distress, out of lack, out of discontentment for those who come to him today. Isn't that so? I know there's many, many times, I mean, I've lost count and I'm sure you have too. But there are so many times, even this week alone, you know, just little things, big things. We all go through something because we deal with people. We face the world. We are in the world. We face fallen situations. And you know, many times, I mean, we have to just, I've learned to do that because I've realized no one, when it comes down to it, no one can really truly help me like I need to be helped. And so I turn to the Lord Jesus as the captain as my captain, who's already got the victory, who knows exactly what I'm going through, and he can help me out of that. Amen. Amen. Praise God, praise God, praise God. You know, just like the people saw David as their solution, we need to see Jesus as our solution when we go through situations. Now, is it good to get counsel? Is it good to get advice? Is it good to seek other spiritual brethren to help? Of course it is. I'm not disqualifying any of that. But ultimately, when it comes down to it, the Lord is the only one who should be the captain, our captain, who helps us through it. Amen. And that's the heart that is being conveyed here. You see, Jesus knows how to navigate through the issues we face in life better than anyone else, including yourself. True? Of course it's true. Amen. You see, the people who came to David were captive to distress, to lack, and discontentment, or discontent, right? They were captive to it. 
but David was not. And they knew that. And this is why he was, see, instead of being captive to those things, David was captain over those things. And this is why they came to him. And it's the same thing with Jesus and us. Jesus is not captive to distress, to lack, to discontent. He's captain over those things. And the one who's captain is going to get, help you get out of those things so, you, so that you don't remain captive to those things. Amen. I sense the Lord just wants to remind someone of that, just remind you of that and let you know He's your captain. Turn to Him. He's been there. He's done that. He's got the t-shirt. He knows exactly and more. And He can get you out of it because He's got the victory. Amen. I, I, I don't know, in my heart, I just sense that some people have turned to um, perhaps drugs, perhaps usage of that, and maybe an addiction of sorts to, for distraction. And I'm not saying don't take medication or anything. I'm not saying any of that. But trust ultimately your captain to help you out of these things. Amen. I sense the weight just, I, I can almost sense your captain standing by, getting waiting readily to help you offload those weights and those things that have got you down. Praise God. I mean, how much more is Jesus captain over the issues we face in life? Amen. Let's have a look at 1 Samuel chapter 10 and verse 1. This is David. Watches, and then we're going to see Jesus. Okay, it says, Then Samuel took a vial of oil, this is when he anointed him as king, and poured it upon his head, and kissed him, and said, Is it not because the Lord hath anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance? Isn't that interesting? That right there, most translations don't translate this as the King James does correctly and accurately, directly from the original. But notice, he didn't say he's anointed you as king, even though everyone knew that that's what it meant and that's what it was. But God's prophetic utterance through Samuel to David when he anointed him was because God has anointed you as captain over his inheritance. Talking about the people of Israel, his people. So notice, from God's perspective, he saw it more important to call him captain than to call him king. Why? Because a captain is someone who's able to lead others into victory. A captain is someone who's been there, who's, who understands exactly and has the ability to lead others into that same victory. Amen? So you can see the heart is conveyed there in when, when David was anointed. Now watch this about Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10, watch this. It says, For it was fitting for him, for, all, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory. Watch this now. To make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. So notice, once more God uses the phrase or the word captain to refer to. To Jesus. In other words, and then it says, you know, through sufferings. In other words, what God is conveying to us in this is, is that Jesus is your captain. Just like David was captain. And now I'm explaining this whole message, what that means and what that looks like. So I don't want to repeat all of that. In the same way, God says, Jesus is your captain. 
In other words, first and foremost, he can relate to you. He knows exactly what you've been through and then some. And therefore, he's also got the victory. And because he's got the victory, he's well able to lead you and guide you and provide the leadership, provide the answers, provide the guidance that you need to help you get through this. That's what it's saying. Amen. Amen. It's pretty powerful stuff. So we have a captain over us today in Jesus. Do you see that? Just like, that's why I say that's a type in shadow. Just like the 400 men who were in these terrible situations and conditions came to David because they knew this is where the answer is. This is where the victory is. We too, when we go through situations, need to come to Jesus and say, and I know He lives in us and He's with us, but I'm talking about Him as a person. Amen. And so we come to Him and we say, you are the captain. You've been through this. You know what I'm going through. Help me. I'm looking to you for answers for leadership. Amen. And our captain is not afraid to take on the leadership role in our lives. Amen. He's not going to get up in the middle of the night and disappear. He's not going to go anywhere. He's committed to us. So committed that he gave his life for you and me. And you know when he helps you, when he's there as your captain, he doesn't look at your merit, at your, at your performance. David didn't. He didn't interview the 400 people and say, Okay, tell me why you're in distress. What are you bitter about? Oh, no, I don't know if I can help you with that because you need to go to so-and-so. No, he didn't look at the merit, the performance. He didn't look at the human effort. He took them in and he, he knew they're here because they know that I've overcome this. I'm going to help them overcome this. By grace, basically. Amen. And that's how Jesus and the Lord treats us as well. Praise God. So Jesus is well able to lead us out of life's troubles. Do you believe that? today. I'm reminding you of that today. So <clears throat> listen to this carefully. Whatever we don't allow Jesus to be captain of will make us captive. Did you hear what I said? Whatever we choose not to turn to Him as our captain to help us out of that situation will keep us captive. Isn't that so? If we choose to hang on to resentment, if we choose to hang on to lack, if we choose to hang on to distress, if we choose to hang on because somehow we feel justified in feeling this way, whatever we don't allow Jesus to be captain of in our lives will keep us captive. Do we really want that? No. Amen. We are not meant to be ruled by life. We are meant to rule in life. We are not meant to be ruled by life, we are meant to reign in life. Isn't that so? In Jesus, we certainly are. Romans 5.17 tells us that. Watch this. For if by one man's offense, that's talking about Adam, death reigned through the one, watch this, much more. <laughs> those who receive, not earn or deserve, those who receive abundance of grace, in other words, unmerited Favor. So all you've got to do is receive His unmerited favor and of the gift. Notice it's a gift of righteousness, right standing with Him. Watch this. Will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Through the captain of your soul. Through, the, through your captain, you will reign in life. Isn't that what it's saying in essence? Notice how... There is nothing about earning or deserving or being good enough and that. You see, religion does that. Legalism does that. 
But that's not gospel truth. That's not what God says. God's heart is for us to understand and know that He's there for us. He's not against us. Amen. And everything that He has for us, He's already got the victory. But also it is a much more victory and there is an abundance of grace and there is a gift of righteousness. And when we understand and live in that and realize that that's what our captain provides, we will reign in life through our captain. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I trust that this is helping someone and making sense. Romans 8 verse 37 from the Amplified talking about troubles in life. Watch this. Yet in all these things, in other words, all these troubles, that's what Paul was talking about here, all the horrible things that he went through, because he went through some things too. He says, yet in all these things, watch this, we are more than conquerors. So he doesn't just say we are conquerors. He says we are more than conquerors. What is more than a conqueror? It's someone who enjoys the victory that someone else fought, right? And so he says we are more than conquerors and gain an overwhelming victory through him through our captain who loved us so much that he died for us so basically you see there that in jesus by receiving salvation in jesus not only do you have overwhelming victory because at the cross it was all done that's why he said it is finished but also he made you more than a conqueror you know, you didn't have to go and fight the battles that he fought, but you get to enjoy the victory. That's why you're more than a conqueror. Amen. And praise God for that. I mean, that is pretty awesome what he's communicating to us there. And so my encouragement today is, is that whatever you're faced with, always turn to Jesus to lead you through life's troubles. Amen. I mean, he's put all of that in there and he's got me to share all this with you today to remind you of that because that's his heart for you. I mean, I sense right now in the spirit, I can, the Holy Spirit is talking to me, telling me, you know, some of you have faced some really tough situations. People have laughed at you. Some have scorned and said, well, you know, that's nothing compared to what other people are going through. And, you know, what, what are you moaning about? There's someone who's got a worse situation than you have and all these different things that have been thrown at you. But I sense God just saying, I got you. I hear you. I know how this is hurting you. I know what this has done to you. I know what it's doing to you even right now. And he says, but I want to remind you, and I got all this today. Uh, you know, I got this pastor to share all this with you today because I want to encourage you and let you know and remind you. I am your captain. I can relate to you, but I also got the victory and I'm going to get you out of it. Just turn to me for you as your, as your leader because I will not fail you. Amen. That's in essence what he's saying. So Jesus truly is your unfailing leader who will always help you through life's troubles. Amen. That's his heart for you and me today. So if that if you've been going through some things right now, I can sense the anointing where you are. It is right there right now. Just receive it. And let's just say this together. Say this after me. Close your eyes. Raise your hands to heaven. Say this to the Father. Say, Father, thank you for Jesus. Lord Jesus, you are my captain. And I turn to you with all my troubles, with all my distress, with all my lack, 
with all my discontent, I turn it all to you. Thank you that you can relate to me, but also I have victory in you. And you lead and guide me. You provide the answers that I need, the comfort that I need. Thank you, Lord. I step into victory now, the victory that you provided at the cross. Thank you, Lord, for your comfort, for your peace, for your joy that fills me now. The battle is yours. The victory is mine. I cast all my burdens on you today. Thank you, Lord, for making me more than a conqueror. I am more than a conqueror in you. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And I receive your anointing now to touch me, to fall upon me, in Jesus' name. There it is. Receive it now. There it is. Just receive it right now. There it is. It's falling upon you. It's awesome. It's wonderful. Thank you, Father, for freedom. Thank you for relief. Thank you for removing the chains. Thank you, Father, in the wonderful name of Jesus. There it is. Amen and amen. Praise God. Praise God. We trust that you are blessed by this message. For more information about our ministry or to make a donation to help us continue spreading the gospel, please visit our website at redemptioninjesus.com.